Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to Undiet Academy podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holderness. I am a weight loss nutritionist turned counselor, and I'm here to help you call BS on diet culture. I'm going to show you how to live your happiest, healthiest, most aligned life without food restrictions, emotional eating, binge eating, all or nothing mindset, and self-sabotage. I'm going to show you some really important nutrition concepts, counseling theories, mindset tips and tools, and show you how to reconnect and create a really beautiful nurturing relationship with your body. I can't wait to share all of this with you in the Undiet Academy podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Before we begin this episode, it's really important for me to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which I am recording this episode. For me, that is the Cubby Cubby and the Yuggera people. I pay my deepest respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Hi everyone and welcome back to Undiet Academy. I have uh, the amazing Deja with us today as a guest speaker. Uh, I met Deja, it must be a couple of years ago now actually in the health and wellness space. Um, Deja is an online health coach and she helps people with plant-based nutrition and improving confidence and all those kind of fun things and has a second online business, which I think is just amazing, um, where Deja helps uh, business owners up-level their branding. The branding that she does is actually incredible and I love it. Um, but today, Deja is joining us to speak through her own journey um, with fi- finding her relationship with food and body image as well. So thank you so much for joining us, Deja. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I feel so honored. <laughs> it's such a such a privilege. Um, if you would like to, I hope I gave you, <laughs> did you justice with your introduction, you're welcome to introduce yourself and add if there's any bits that I missed out um, and tell us a little bit about where your journey started. Yeah, awesome. So that was essentially me in a nutshell around those two online businesses. But I guess I can go back as well. And this kind of ties into my story too, is that I actually used to work in childcare for seven plus years. And I worked full time in that industry for ages. And that was part of how my health kind of also deteriorated and where I would just, you know, I was super stressed. I was constantly like on lunch breaks as well, just going and eating out like at a bakery or just getting like like terrible food that wasn't actually doing me any good. And I'd always have low energy and it was just not a fun time. (laughs) And I fell into some really unhealthy habits back then. However, to go back further to kind of where my journey started from with how I am now really into holistic health and also about like not just health from a physical aspect but also from your mind body and soul and nourishing in all aspects but it started back from actually witnessing my mum as I was I was as I was growing up I witnessed my mum go through multiple quick fixes quick diets diet pills fads like and she was always buying these random like weird shakes and like all these random things thinking that that's what was going to help her lose weight which in turn would help her feel worthy which now in retrospect I look back and I could recognize that too Um, when I was witnessing my mom do it because she would always talk badly about her body in front of me in front of my sister and in front of my brother and 
she was just constantly beating herself down out loud in front of us. And I don't think she realized the, what that was actually doing, especially to her young, like her youngest girls, her daughters and what that was doing with our body image. And whereas in our minds, it was like, well, if my mom can't even love herself and her body, how, how do we, how do we love ourselves and our body? How, and then, so this obsession with, losing weight with diet culture I started to almost imitate what my mum was doing because if you're a parent listening to this you know that your children don't do as you say they do as you do so you need to be the example and whatever example you set they will yeah they will often follow in your footsteps yeah um so that started with a very self-deprecating mindset and she was constantly in like a loop of just like I need to lose weight need to lose weight and she would even too like when she'd watch something on tv like a celebrity or she'd make comments of like oh she's fat or you know so it was like I was seeing that too and I think I was 15 when I first joined a gym I was or 14 and a half or something like that and when what I would do when I went to the gym I literally just would go on the treadmill for like two hours and then leave and then I I remember specifically there was this one time where I was a bit older and I was a teenager going to a party and I really wanted to look really fit that night and I wanted to fit into this really nice dress so what I did that day is I completely starved myself and I went on a massive like at my neighborhood and there was like those big like stairs like it was a stair hike and I did that and I felt like I almost like fainted because I had no fuel no food and then I went out that night and got drunk and got alcohol poisoning so it's like that was my mindset too of like I needed to starve myself and able to look good and able to be accepted and able uh, like in order for me to feel worthy and I had no clue about like what foods were actually going to nourish you I would only just go for like the foods that okay this is low calorie or this is what some other influencer told me I should eat and I was very restrictive and limiting um and even going on that too there was a time where I remember because I would go on these loops of like starve and then binge starve binge starve binge Mm. and it was just like a vicious cycle and every time I would go and binge I'd beat myself up and be like see you can't do it you don't have enough willpower like you can't do this you're worthless like all this horrible self-talk was running through me and there was one time too I was I was sitting on the bathroom floor in the shower crying and just being like why can't I hate myself enough to be able to stick to a diet and I was like that for me was breaking yeah and that for me was kind of like a little bit of a turning point and it wasn't until I started to actually look into health in a bit more of a holistic approach and started to actually look into it was actually after I finished up, I had my appendix out and I was recovering from surgery and I was looking into ways I could get more fiber because that's what the doctor said, need good fiber to be able to recover. Um, and I actually came across plant-based nutrition and then I started actually looking into plant-based nutrition and that's kind of what started 
actually going vegan was what started my journey of actually loving myself again and actually learning how to love myself. There's actually um, a really good book called uh, by Louise Hay. I don't know if you know, do you know Louise Hay at Louise all? Louise Hay, yeah. Yeah, and it was like, Hay. yes, and it was like, how to heal, heal, how to heal your life. Yeah. Um, and she was talking about all that self-love and affirmations. And that was my first exposure to that world. And that's what started me on that journey. And then I ended up wanting to bring my mom along that journey too. Like I remember <laughs> writing down on like post-it notes and affirmations of her and like put it on her mirror. Um, even though she doesn't, she didn't really take notice. And at least it was going into her subconscious a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> so I feel yeah. like it helped. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's a really like big ex- explanation of my journey. And obviously there's been different ups and downs throughout that, but that's essentially where I started to, um, what actually began that journey on the self-love and learning about plant based nutrition, and then also helping with my body image and confidence levels as well. I love that so much. And there's so much that you said that I resonate with um, when I came and spoke on your podcast. I think we touched on, you know, how um, a lot of my experience was similar with my mum. And I think I didn't really realise how much it affected me until I was postpartum because um, much of my mum's journey was postpartum after having three kids and we were all um quite close together we were all born 18 months apart um and once I had had my little boy I saw my body start looking just like my mum's and Mm. I was like wow this postpartum body was never good enough for her you know I've grown up my whole life with her um talking about what pregnancy did and and how she was never able to lose the weight and if if this body wasn't good enough for her how can it be good enough for me um Mm. and I'm covered in goosebumps just thinking about it because that's when I really realized the impact because prior to that I jumped into this industry wanting to help my mum lose weight like that's why I started off one of my reasons of starting off as a nutritionist because I saw her struggle for so long I was like I'm gonna be the one to fix all your problems and help you finally lose the weight you've always wanted to lose and now here I am and I love how you wanted to bring your mum along on the journey too because my mum's like the first one to jump into any of my programs and I'm you know as I'm healing my relationship with my body and helping my clients do the same I am helping her as well and it's so beautiful yes yes 100% like it's like in turn of like like my mom went through stages too where she did actually lose the weight but then she would gain it all back again it's like and she would realize in those moments too it's like wait I'm like thinner than I was before but I'm still not happier so it's like what what's going on here but yeah I've noticed now too she's a lot a lot more open to this sort of stuff and a lot more open to what I have to say around these certain things and I definitely think she's healed a lot of that even just through seeing me so Mm. it's cool too like as a as a daughter or as a son whatever like being the example for your parents and then watching them actually start to shift their perspectives and their belief systems and also help heal them too yeah yeah it's like that ripple effect right and it starts with you um And I think it's so incredible. And the other thing that you said, where you said you were sitting in the shower one day and you're like, why can't I hate myself enough to do this? Um, Is heartbreaking to hear, but also something that 
I've felt and seen so many times and it, it goes in line with that binge restrict cycle, that all or nothing cycle, that sometimes that nothing and that binge has to get deeper and deeper and deeper to be used almost like a motivation to swing, like subconscious motivation to swing yourself back out of it. And I know that's a place that I've been into. It, does that kind of sound familiar for you? Yeah, definitely. And I think when I had that thought, because I I thought and what I'd been told and influenced by from other people that, you know, you've got to have the willpower and, you know, all those like quotes and things like that of like, need to push through it, like, and use pain as your motivator or whatever, which does work for some time, but it wasn't the best approach for me because I was using beating myself up and hating on myself more to motivate me to lose weight, to go to the gym, like, I would literally be like, oh, I ate, some, I ate really bad things today. So I need to go to the gym and punish myself. I need to go for a walk and punish myself. And then it just became this cycle of just like, I couldn't keep up with it because I was just feeling so crap and it put me into a depressive state and a hole. Whereas now I approach exercise and I approach, yes, I still have discipline. I still have the self-discipline but I have the self-discipline enough because I love myself enough and I'm doing, I'm moving myself, moving my body because I love myself enough to do so. And same with the foods that I eat. I'm eating foods that fuel me majority of the time because I'm doing that because I love myself. And because I care for myself and I want to feel good rather than the opposite side of what I used to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it it's such a shift because sometimes similar actions when they come from two, two different places can have two different impacts on us. And so, you know, there was this whole, and I think there still is, especially in the fitness industry, it's like you, it's a discipline problem. Like the reason mm. you can't do it is because you're lazy and you're not disciplined enough. Um, and I've even had clients whose doctors have told them that that's the case, you know, they've gone somewhere for help. Um, and the whole world's just telling them that they're too lazy to achieve what they want to achieve. Um, and it's absolutely not the case at all, at all. Um, Mm -hmm. and discipline, you know, uh, binge eating, emotional eating, yo-yo dieting, none of that is a discipline problem at all. Um, and it yeah. does have to, the shift has to come, right, from from choosing love instead of choosing punishment. And it's the same way that I chose to parent Charlie, um, same way Josh and I chose to parent him, was out of love, not out of punishment and reward. Mm-hmm. And when yes. we can do that from for yeah. ourselves, movement and food and nourishment, it feels so different, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I love that it spoke on, like, the, the laziness piece to... I feel like that is such a, or used to be, I don't know if it is as much now. Sometimes it can still be now. When it, even in all aspects of life, like there could be certain people that call you lazy because you're not doing something that they're doing or, you know, the hustle culture, diet culture in a sense of laziness. It's like, no, it's not because you're lazy. It's because this is interval. And obviously it doesn't feel good. It doesn't actually it's not something that's nourishing you. Like I used to think too, that I'm lazy because I'm not, I haven't gone to the gym today when I'd literally been 
exercising and I wasn't eating very much. Of course, I didn't want to exercise or didn't have the energy to exercise because I wasn't having any healthy carbs, wasn't having any like healthy fats. Like I wasn't actually eating properly. I was depleted. Of course, I'm not going to have the energy to exercise and do more exercise. So yeah, I find that that piece very interesting as well. Yeah. And that just starts repeating that shame cycle, right? It's like, oh, here I am mm. again. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm I'm too lazy. And I hear the lazy piece um, a lot from the medical industry. There's a lot of weight stigma um, in, in the medical industry. And it is, it's like, oh, you know, you just need to stop being lazy. And those are words that my clients have literally had spoken, <clears throat> excuse me, spoken to them. Um, but it just it starts kind of perpetuating that that shame cycle which keeps keeps the wheel spinning you know on on the diet industry mm-hmm. um is to shame people into feeling like they're not good enough as they are um to make them hate themselves to fail to feel shame to start the cycle all over again and the difference there and i love how you said yeah. that because i often say i'm like what does moving your body like you love yourself look like Um, Mm. What does nourishing yourself like you love yourself look like? What does speaking to yourself like you love yourself look like? Because you deserve that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a big piece too is like when it comes into health, it's not just the physical, which I used to think was it's actually your mind, what you're telling yourself as well, because your mind can control a lot of your physicalities. And there's actually, um, a lot of research and science behind for example like everyone would know how much stress impacts the body and when you have a your mind is in that spiral that stress spiral st- stress response and you having stressful thoughts how that can actually impact the body physically into chronic like illness and chronic disease so it's very like why would we think the opposite too of like when you're speaking so horribly to yourself and what you're telling your body is what it's going to start functioning as that makes sense (laughs) yeah yeah we have the um the the um ras the reticular activating system in our brain that is constantly looking to confirm our beliefs so if we're like um i i can't lose weight no matter what then we're constantly looking for evidence for that to be true yes Um, and if we're like i'm not good enough then we our brain is looking out for evidence that that's true and when we can start saying i i love myself or I'm learning to love myself, which it can be really helpful at the beginning. I'm learning to love myself. Then we're helping our brain to look out for that evidence that like, oh yeah, look at me go. I am. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm yes. in the process of. Yes. This that side of it interests me so much too. Because yeah, your your brain, what you're telling yourself, your brain is constantly looking outside of you to prove that you're right. <laughs> so yeah. In turn, your mind is actually very biased yeah. <laughs> because it's constantly looking to prove you, yourself right. So having those affirmations, especially too at the start, I had, and even now, like I still have, I upgrade my affirmations every now and again too. And I have them like right now, like having them in the shower, in the bathroom, like where I could brush my teeth and read them. And it's not just reading them like, you know, really without any emotion, like you actually need to read them. Even if you sing them, talk out loud like and and feel it and move your body when you're reading it too so that kind of feels more like it's activating inside mm-hmm. of you so 
it may sound really silly to start with, especially like when you look at yourself in the mirror too. But yeah, start with just like Sean said, like start with affirmations that feel believable for you right now. And then you can upgrade them as you, I'm like, okay, well, awesome. This is, feels really solid in my beliefs now that I'm learning to love myself. Now I'm going to transition to, I am loving myself for where I'm at, or I'm loving this journey. I'm, I'm loving whatever it happens to be, like having those affirmations. And, and so you can rewire your beliefs. And then it's so fascinating too, because there was times too, where I look back and I was like, I was like underweight, but I thought I was fat then. And it's wild to see like what your brain does when you have the belief of like, I'm fat or I look ugly. And then in that moment, you see a completely different picture than what the outside world sees or that you actually are. And then you look back, it's like, oh my gosh, I was actually not that. Like that is so wild. So it's crazy how much your brain can trick you as well. Yes, I remember once, um, once upon a time, I hopped on the scales and they were like on the floor wrong. They were like slightly on the carpet or something. And it read that I'd lost like five kilos. And I was like, oh yeah, like I feel really good too. And then I moved them onto the tiles properly. And I was like, oh, and I was like, like, I'm still the same person, right? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing had changed except the number that the scales had shown me. And so I had been looking right for that number to tell me how I should feel yes. um, rather than just honing in on how I actually felt. Um, yeah. And I find that so, so interesting because it comes, you know, those subconscious beliefs, the things we tell ourselves, they become a part of our identity. Mm. Um, and that's something that can keep that cycle going right? Yes. Such an ingrained part of, of our identity. So what shifted that part for you? Yeah. Like what specifically shifted me going from that mindset to where I am now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like it de definitely didn't just happen overnight. It didn't just happen <laughs> like this at all. It's taken a lot of years, to be honest, to be able mm. to because I was in that for so many years too. And because since childhood as well, watching my mom in that. So I've had some really ingrained beliefs and like a wired mindset. So it did has taken some time, mm -hmm. but I'm a big believer that through just taking those courageous steps and being like actually willing to look at it and that I'm willing to change. I'm willing to shift. Like you said, with the identity piece, like mm -hmm. you need to be willing to be able to shift your identity as well and shift into that next level version of you who does love yourself and start acting as if you already are her that's mm. like a big piece that helped me I didn't know about about that at the start of my journey I think I was about uh 20 it was about 22 that I started this journey properly and actually started to commit to myself and started to do self-love practices and started to really invest into myself too with personal development, which was also helping build on my self-worth, which then in turn was helping with um, breaking up with diet culture. Yeah. I did have to go the full opposite way because I was so restrictive and so um, limited and my mindset was just out of whack back then. I had to kind of go the full opposite way of where I was actually started overeating in the sense that I just could, because I couldn't actually pick up on my hunger cues anymore yes. because I'd had suppressed them for so long so that took a little bit of time to actually find 
the balance there of when I should stop eating and start eating and what felt really good for me. And then I also went the opposite end of like, I don't want anything to do with like nutrition, nothing. Like I just, cause I full started resenting all of it. So Mm. I kind of went on the opposite end of like, I can just eat anything whenever, (laughs) which you can, but it was not the best approach. And cause I just went full anti and then now I'm at a better place where I'm like, actually balance with it and I still love health and fitness and nutrition and where I'm yet intentionally either rather than restrictive eating things like that but I had to do the full other end of the spectrum (laughs) and I saw anything that had to do with losing weight or that had to do with nutrition as diet culture and I was like no get away (laughs) but there is like you can lose weight in a way that is healthy and that is in a way that you still love yourself like I'm still on a weight loss journey I guess you could say it um but I'm just loving the journey like I'm lifting weights and I really still love like the the physique side and seeing myself grow muscle and seeing myself like feel better in my clothes but it's not an obsession and it's not in an unhealthy way that's shameful or that's a way that's beating myself up and hating on myself I'm doing it in a really loving and fun and beautiful way yes um so I hope that answers your question. I kind of went on a bit of a tangent then as well. I, I that love that. It. I love that. I'm here for the tangents. Um, I think that's really, really beautiful. <laughs> because that, that's all a part of it is enjoying the journey along the way and not getting consumed by it. Um, because there's yes. still, there's plenty of people out there that can intentionally, you know, try to lose weight and it's a, a conscious thing, um, yes. not an emotionally driven um, behavior. And Mm. that I think is a part of, I want to say the problem, but the struggle, a part of the struggle is that a lot of times the weight loss journey can be such an emotionally driven Mm. journey. And, you know, something like um, hopping on the scales one day and they're in the wrong place and your weight shows up can kind of derail your whole day. Or I was talking to a client this morning about um, the different parts in our cycle. So um, for me, between day seven and day 14 of my cycle, I've got pants that I can wear and they're baggy on me. And then come like day 14 to day 28, I can't fit them up my legs. And like, that's just like hormonal fluctuations. But something like that can emotionally be such a huge trigger because we're told that that's wrong. Mm, yes and I think that's an important piece to remember as women that we Mm. biologically don't operate the same as men and we don't lose weight the same as men we don't our health is like how we our hormones are completely different and this is something I've loved learning about is like through like syncing your cycle and looking at where you're at in your cycle and using your energy in those moments too to best serve you as well Mm. and like taking time off of intense exercising during your menstrual cycle if you still feel good that you want to work out but if you find yourself saying I should go to the gym and you don't really feel your best on your menstrual like phase then if you finding yourself say should then it's probably not in your best interest and you don't actually really need to go and it's maybe time to rest and I think too this is something I know was a challenge for me still sometimes is as well like it's to actually teach myself how to rest (laughs) because it got it got into 
Yes, like that's where discipline can actually be used as well in that piece too of actually being disciplined enough to rest. Mm -hmm. Like I think that's not spoken about much either. Like it actually is a lot easier to go and do the thing, to take the action and sometimes, but it's actually a lot harder to rest, especially when there's lots of other stuff going on. Sometimes I just want to go like escape my life and go to the gym (laughs) when it's rest day and I'm like, nope, I need to rest. I need to stay at home, rest maybe even just do some light stretches, do some yoga. Um, But yeah, I think that's something definitely that's not spoken about too, like actually giving yourself space to rest and learning that it's okay to rest without the guilt. Yes, 100%, something that I had to learn um, when I experienced chronic fatigue. Um, And I still have to kind of be a bit aware sometimes, like the other week, I was like, I'm taking this week off because I can feel like borderline on a flare up. I haven't had a flare up in over a year and I don't intend on having one anytime soon. And I just took the whole week off of everything. I, I slept and I ate and I worked and I was a wife and a mother, but um, <clears throat> outside of that, you know, I, I didn't walk the dogs as often and I didn't go and train and that was all okay because it was just a week. Um, yeah. And if I'd pushed through, I could have made myself quite unwell. And that's what often happens is people get sick. Um, they put a lot of stress on their body or they get injured and then it throws them into the nothing, you know, cycle all over again. So that's such a great point. Um, to finish up for today, what would you say for someone who's just starting their journey, um, who's kind of listening like, oh, I really want this space, you know, that day she's talking about that she's in. Um, what would be the first, let's say three things that you would suggest someone starts with? Mm. First three things is, I think affirmations definitely were a big one in my journey. So start with affirmations. Second one I would suggest is to the identity piece is Mm. that actually recognizing, okay, let's say if I was that version of myself, if I was that version of myself that loved myself enough to move my body, like my move my body, like I love myself, all those different areas Mm. start to list out. How would she move my, move her body? How would she talk to herself and actually do a really beautiful journaling practice on it. Journaling Mm. has been the best tool. I'm going to tie that one in with number two, the journaling, um, because that, yeah, because that has journaling has become a very big like tool, especially when I first started to actually start to become self-aware. And that's that is important piece too, is like awareness as well mm. to start with your journey. But yeah, I'd say affirmations, um, the identity piece and yeah, journaling hundred percent. I think that's incredible. Um, thank you so, so much for speaking about your journey. Um, for anyone that does want to follow along, where can they find you? Um, so I've just got my Instagram at the divine underscore discovery. So you can check out all my content over on there. I really um, focus on being able to help women uh, heal their hormones, be able to actually elevate their confidence as well. And to also like help as well with plant-based nutrition information and things like that too. And like nourishing yourself through plant-based nutrition. So that's my personal Instagram where I help with like the health and wellness and fitness aspect. And then I also have my, if you're a business owner, <laughs> completely separate to this topic, but if you I are a business a owner, listen, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> if you are a business owner and you would love to some help with your social media to up-level your social media to help 
actually have a brand that feels really magnetic and really juicy. That's what I help with um, in that space too. So that Instagram is at the divine dot design and it's linked to my personal account anyway. So you can check it out there. Amazing. I'll make sure I link those in the show notes as well. Um, Deja, thank you so much for joining us and sharing all this incredible information with us and sharing your journey. I think it's really brave um, and we need a lot more people that are brave enough and vulnerable enough to have these kind of conversations. So I really appreciate you. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me.